I have some really exciting news for listeners of the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Most people think lifestyle investing is about making more money or creating additional passive income streams. And while that is part of it, the most savvy lifestyle investors understand that having a solid tax strategy is fundamental and really foundational to creating wealth. I firmly believe that having the right tax strategy is the single best investment that you can make. I know tax strategy isn't the sexiest topic, but once you understand a few key elements to the IRS playbook, the compounding benefit you receive year after year is enormously significant. In fact, we have members inside the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind who have used these strategies and have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases, millions of dollars. This is not a nice to have if you're interested in growing your wealth. This is a must. In our brand new tax strategy masterclass, I have hand-selected and shared the details of the 28 most valuable strategies to help you increase your tax savings this year and for years to come. Plus, if you want to hire a top-tier tax strategist, it can easily set you back tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. And you want to make sure that you have the best, most accurate information to ensure that you're hiring the right person for you. That's why we included a whole section with advice, resources, and multiple interviews with my personal tax specialists to help you build a bulletproof tax team, but for a fraction of the cost. The entire tax strategy masterclass was designed for people like you who want to keep more of their hard-earned money without having to sift through the complicated tax code. If you're interested, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax to learn more about the course or set up a free consultation call with our team at lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now, I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Today, I'm speaking with Sean Sparks, who is a financial coach to the top 1% of independent financial advisors. Over the course of the last decade, he's helped financial services leaders market, sell, and run better businesses, and he shared the lessons and wisdom from these experiences in his book, The Advisor Breakthrough. More recently, Sean decided to leave his high-paying job to work for himself, not because he needed to make more money, but to live in greater alignment with his priorities. And today, we're talking all about it. During our discussion, we cover, one, how to analyze deals, life, and work with lifestyle and family in mind. Two, what Sean was most afraid of as he left his previous career, 
and why the exact opposite happened. And three, how to avoid becoming addicted to making money when it doesn't serve you. That and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Sean Sparks. All right. Well, I'm so excited to have you on with us here today, Sean. Uh, really glad that, uh, that you could make the time. And uh, I'm just curious, what is, uh, what's new and exciting in your world? Well, uh, thanks, Justin. Uh, it's great to be on here. I'm looking forward to the conversation, man. My world has completely changed in the last few months. So I don't know where to start. You know, there's a lot, a lot going on. I'll tell you this, the, uh, the, I'm having the time of my life today. When you think about, uh, you know, what you want out of life and what you're after, I think the most important thing to me has always been, you know, family and so on. But right now, my kids are, are young. It's seven, five, three, and uh, we've got almost a one-year-old. But in terms of life and happiness, uh, today, you're looking at Sean Sparks, honestly, the happiest I've ever been. So it's pretty exciting for me. That's so great to hear. And, you know, I'm excited to have you on today. Uh, and it's interesting because we had talked about having you on earlier. You were originally going to be uh, my official third guest, second guest that I interviewed, but third podcast episode. And we had to arrange some things. And, and I know it's been crazy kind of you know, starting a new business. Uh, but I also think the framework from where that kind of spawned from is really neat because you and I, we, we go you know, back. So we, we've got some mutual friends. And and what's cool is we connected because of, you know, one of those relationships and we got really close really fast and spent, you know, some great time at Blackberry Farm this summer. And, you know, our wives got to know each other and we got to do life together and it was so fun. And, and just from that point in time in July to where we are today, it's been, you know, a whole new place for you. And I'd love to get into there. There's a handful of things I want to get into. I want to talk about lifestyle and investing. But before we do that, you have spent the better part of your career, you know, over a decade helping to build a company that is now, you know, a juggernaut in their space. And I know that you were, you know, the top person and you have since moved on to really begin your own thing and and not because you have to, but because you want to. And I'd love to hear what that process has been like. Yeah, well, the, uh, you know, honestly, the process is hard. It's not easy to make change. And um, I will tell you that, you know, it's about 14 years with one company. And then I had a couple of years stint prior where I was with another, I was with another group and these guys brought me over. And I'll tell you that transition from, you know, my younger self to, to working with this, this other company, it uh, was a huge blessing for me. I'll tell you the 14 years that I was with them. For the most part, it was excitement. It was fun. You know, everybody's learned so much together, and I couldn't be more proud of of that company and, and what we built together. But as you look at your life, you know, I'll tell you, Justin, you've had a lot of influence on me because I've seen the blend and the balance you've had between business and family. And I just knew, like, there's a, there's you know, as I look through, I'm 38 years old. What do I want over the next decade? What do I want over the next 20 years? And it's if you ask yourself that question, you've got to be careful because you may not like the answer. And I've always believed that the best definition of wisdom is knowing how your short-term actions impact your long-term future. And if you think about it, you'd be, if I think of things uh, based on short-term, the best decision is always to stay. The best decision is to make no change. I mean, I was benefiting from 14 years of work, obviously for the family, making a good income. If I were to say, what's the best thing over the next 30 days? Another paycheck. 
what's the best thing over the next three months? Another paycheck. There's no way a new venture could ever compete with a three-month timeline. But when you think about what you value in life as a father, as a husband, as an entrepreneur, you know, and a business person, and you ask yourself, what do you want 10 years from today? You'll get a different answer. And honestly, uh, you know, we're dealing with some things uh, in the family now. I've got my, my grandma just in her hospice. And what I think through is what I realize is life is short. And you have, you know, you don't have a redo. And there's a framework I learned years ago, and we've talked about this, but it's really regret minimization. And it's, you know, when you come to the conclusion of what's best for you over the next decade or over the next 20 years, and you start listening to that and you're like, wait a second. I think this is giving me a very clear direction. Then you ask yourself, there's a regret minimization framework. I think Jeff Bezos is where I heard it from uh, through an interview. But it's like when you look back on your life and, and let's say you're on your, your deathbed and you look back and you say, what regrets will I have? On the front end with, with foresight, you try to minimize those long-term. And I will tell you the urge and the need that I had to create a change um, when I started thinking this way was so strong, I couldn't ignore it. You know, I had to, to make the change. So. Well, I just love hearing that. And I love that you, you know, you took action, you trusted your intuition. And I think that's powerful. You, you talk to people in your network to figure out what makes the most sense. You know, I, I want to honor you for such a big move. Most people, first of all, most people don't even make the move that you first made, you know, to help build, you know, a new company. Secondly, most people don't leave that position when they're the highest income earning person in that opportunity. And, and so I want to honor you for making the choice to do that because it went beyond money. If it were just about the money, you would have kept doing it. But as you and I know, and we've talked about many, many times, it's, it goes way beyond money. You know, it goes into the freedom of time and the freedom, you know, just autonomy, having the ability to spend your time the way you want with your family for the amount of time with your family that you have dedicated. And, you know, and then the thrill of doing something new and different and starting your own business. I just think it's incredible. And to the listeners, I think it's really important that you did such a great job while you were working and while you were working for someone else, helping to build their organization, that financially, you didn't have to keep working. You invested very well. You have been very diligent. You've been very aggressive with the percentage of your income that you invest, which I think is fantastic. And it set you up to be able to make a no-brainer decision because it didn't have to do with the money. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Well, watching people like you and the freedom you have in your life is a big influence. So I, I have to thank you for that. And we've had lots of conversa- conversations. When it comes to the money piece, number one is I don't know if I was the highest paid person there. So I mean, I, all I know is I was successful and I was blessed. And um, I, said, I think I, I could probably take some credit for that. But honestly, I was in an environment that allowed me to thrive. And at the same time, I've always believed just if you're a student, uh, the teacher will appear. That's a quote. So it's like, the, I've always believed in being a student and learning. And I've learned from every conversation I have, I try to learn something from it. And it just makes me better and stronger over time. But as far as the money piece, I, you know, I was, as a young kid, I was interested in finance and I was interested in investments. I think I bought my first stock at 16. And um, I was obsessed with Warren Buffett and reading his books. And I went to the school of finance, you know, business finance at K-State. And my goal in life was to build... Uh, number one is build a career that I love. I think the minority of people wake up excited to go to work. And 
I realized that if I would be in an environment and in a business that I loved and I enjoyed, it wouldn't feel like work. And I'd wake up, jump out of bed, run to work excited. And I'm like, that's a blessing. Because if you think about how much time we spend working, you know, Justin, how much of our life, especially as a young guy who's just building his, his career, you know, it's amazing how much your work environment influences your personal life. And I know people and I know friends who unfortunately don't have this, where they dread going to work. And if they have a bad day at work, guess what happens at home? They have a bad day at home. They, you know, a lot of times marital issues come with being overstressed, you know, and so the, the first thing that I've always kind of kept my eye on is number one is I wanted to be good at investing and I wanted the financial freedom that I think money can give you. But more importantly, I, I, I realized that if I find a business that I love and a career that I enjoy, then I will pursue it with my heart and almost obsess over it and try to be the best I can. And that came second. And then next in line is like once I know that you know I'm obsessed and I'm, I believe that I can really perform in this in this career, I know the byproduct here is it's going to put me in a place where I have freedom long term. So that's really kind of the mindset and how I was was doing that. So that's awesome. Well, I, I love hearing about that. And you are, you know, like many of my friends that are so driven. You don't have to work. You're choosing to work. I think that that's exciting. And I love that you had some time to just kind of reflect and and have downtime and not rush into anything. And you you really were calculated yep. in the way that you made this decision. We talked through it for a long time, you know, which is cool. I, I actually want to give you props because, you know, when when uh, we started spending a lot more time together, it was under the framework of investing and getting into deals. And you're truly one of the OGs of the investors club that, you know, that that we started. And I just think that it is so fun, like all the deals that we've looked at and the ways that we analyze them and say, hey, does this influence lifestyle in a positive way? Does this not? Uh, does this give us cash flow? Does this not? Uh, and, and there are so many ways that, that we kind of analyze deals, analyze life, analyze work. Uh, I, I'm just curious your thoughts on kind of you know, how this evolved. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a blessing for me. Uh, my friend, it's been a, a uh, you know, I was introduced to you, to you obviously through a friend, and I found out we had a lot of other friends too, which is cool. But my connection with you has been awesome, but it's not that it's surface level finance and investment connection. I think so many people uh, become a slave to money and they feel like, you know, everything is about money. And what I saw differently in you and what you were, were teaching is that there's a lot more meaning behind the money. And I've always believed the same. It's like money is an avenue. It's a way to get freedom in your life. It's a way to um, give yourself freedom of choice, freedom of time. And I've always thought it was a, I wanted to accelerate that and put myself in a place to where I could make tough decisions based on an overall higher quality of life. And the sad part is money is also an addictive drug. And I had a, a guy at a meeting, you know, he's a billionaire and he said the most addictive drug on the planet is money. It's a monthly salary. And sometimes if you put yourself in a position where you don't have to worry about the financial piece anymore, but if you're addicted to the drug, it clouds your judgment on what's right for you over the long term in your life. And that's a tough deal. It's you're looking at that check, you're looking at the payment, and then you've got to be willing to say, wait a second, what I went out of my life once again, like I was discussing, and you need to say, I want to put the money to the side. And I guess one of my favorite quotes, well, it's like, it's very influential on my life is 
I believe it's Warren Buffett and Bill Gates both. They said, what's the greatest luxury of, of doing well, you know, having a, a decent, uh, you know, being somewhat successful financially. And they both said, I can make decisions without having to worry about the money. So they can make the right decision without having to worry about the impact financially and so on. So my point is, I saw that in you, that it's not just about making a higher return on your investments, but then it's about having a higher quality of life with people you want to do life with. Uh, my new, new business and venture I'm on now, one of our really our core principles is do business with people you want to do life with. So many times we try to separate business and life. We separate uh, you know, the community. This is my business community. This is my friendship. And I've always felt like it was more powerful to intertwine it. Imagine a scenario where all of your friends are people you do business with. And every day you wake up excited to talk to your friend. I learned really early, that's how I felt about the people I worked with. I felt like they were true friends. And uh, I got to tell you, Justin, the change was hard for me. I didn't know what to expect. And I felt like some relationships might not be, be as good as they were. But here's what I didn't realize would happen with the change. And here's the, I would say, the overall greatest blessing. The hardest part to change is that aspect of relationships and how that affects them. As soon as I made the transition, these people, whether it's former clients, former friends that are employees, you know, peers with me, I've been overwhelmed with the support and the encouragement. And what I realized is those friendships last. Whether I'm with one business or another, I've just been blown away. It's been a huge blessing knowing that they last and they are encouraging me. And the and you know, I'm getting texts and calls all the time. And that's something that I didn't know going into it. And it was the hardest part. And once I saw that, I've just been filled with joy knowing that the change didn't really change a lot of relationships. You know, there will probably be some that'll change, but I've been overwhelmed with just, you know, the amount of encouragement and support I've received. That's so exciting to hear. And it's such a testament to who you are, the way that you run business, the uh, way that you pour into relationships. I mean, it's very evident that, you know, the first time that my wife met you, she's like, he is just the nicest guy. And in fact, uh, she paid you a compliment that I think is really nice because she said, there is no one else I have ever met anywhere in the world that reminds me as much of you, Justin, as Sean. And, and she goes, even to the extent of humor, you have the same humor. You laugh at the same things. It's hysterical. Uh, and so, you know, I feel like that's why I, I feel so close to you and we were able to develop such a great relationship so quickly. But I can, I can, you know, attest to the fact that you are great with people. You build great relationships that are foundationally strong because they're based on real meaning, not surface level conversation. And I think that that is one of your greatest strengths for sure. And I know that it shows up in business for you. I know that it shows up just in your personal life. And that's why you've had so many people pouring in, not only to thank you for the impact that you've had, but to follow you and join you in the new journey, even if it's just for emotional support or to say, you can do it, I believe in you. And in some cases, it's a lot more and they want to shout you and your business from the rooftops. I just think that it is a true testament to you, your character. And then also it's what you said at the beginning of the last statement, which is, you view money as a tool. And, and so do I. It's such a powerful tool, but it's not the gauge to measure success on. It is simply yep. one component 
of what wealth is in general, which actually leads me to my next question, because I, you know, we've talked, we've had many philosophical debates on this, but I'm curious to hear, how do you define wealth? What is wealth to you? Wealth to me is, I would say that it's really, if you, it's not monetary, it's just having the freedom to make the decisions you want to make. You know, it's, uh, do the things you want to do with the people you want to do them. True wealth is being able to do that without having to make every move based on a financial scorecard or finance. And I'll tell you, it's a, it's a blessing to be in that boat, you know, to where you can make decisions based on things you want to do and what you love to do with people you want to do, not because somebody tells you you have to do it, which leads to a lot of why, you know, I wanted to build my own company is I want to, I want to have that freedom and I want to make decisions based on how I feel, you know, it, it's right and so on. Yeah. So I would say it's really a freedom. And uh, really, it's, it's a matter of freedom for me. That's awesome. And, and by the way, it's that whole freedom and that whole idea of wealth, wealth being way more than just financial. Financial is most certainly a component of it because you know, you know, yeah. any, any financial problems you have, having more finances will help solve those problems. I mean, that, that's a, a real thing. But it goes beyond that because a lot of people have a lot of money, but they don't have true freedom. Uh, they are a slave to the business that they've built, or they're a slave to the job that pays them. They have the golden handcuffs, or maybe it's not even golden handcuffs. They're just tied to uh, the security of needing you know, a safe job, even though we know that someone could get laid off tomorrow, like we just saw you know, in, in the last six to eight months with COVID. You know, so these yep. safe, secure jobs really aren't that, but it's an illusion of it. It's like when you live in a really nice neighborhood and it's gated and you're like, ooh, this is safe because there's a gate. The gate doesn't make it any more safe. If someone wants to get in, they're going to get in. It's just an illusion of safety, just like most jobs are yep. an illusion of security. You know, so it, it's interesting. So this is kind of how, how and why I coined the term lifestyle investing is because I wanted it to be a lifestyle focus first, investment focus second. And I'm curious your thoughts on how your investment strategy has changed. You said you started as a 16-year-old investing in your first stock. I know you've been very deliberate about your education. And I know that, you know, we've talked about new concepts and I've introduced new ideas and just the whole, you know, gamut of cash flow investing. But I want to know how your philosophical, you know, overview and outlook on investing has changed within the last couple of years. Sure. So number one is I've been blessed because I'm in a business that's related to finance. So it's sometimes you have a job and, you know, you, you, this is your career, but it's completely unrelated to, to, to the investment world. Mine's been one. Like I'm literally learning about investments every single day. So what I do at work compounds has a compound effect because it also, it also improves my situation personally, being able to vet different deals and, and investments and so on. But here's the, the thing. I've seen all types of different types of investments, you know, stocks, you know, traditional money management, all of this stuff. When I met you, you, you taught me, you said it's really about income and it's about income planning. And it's like, my goal is to invest, but get my money out as soon as I can and let that investment continue to work. And I saw a, a sleeve of, in, of the investment world that I didn't know existed. And this is after seeing lots of different things. And you showed me some cash flow deals. And this was a, you know, at a time when I was really trying to set myself up. And for anybody on this call, there's lots of different people that, that are going to listen to this. 
But you got to get the hard part over first. You got to put yourself in a position where you keep your eye on the ball and you focus on putting yourself up, set yourself up so that in the future, you'll have more and more freedom. And one other thing is, you know, people have freedom. You know, we mentioned like their goal is to get freedom. Most people won't even take it. I was for the longest time was not going to take the freedom I, could, I was given. Like, Sean, you have the ability to do this. Go with your heart. Do what you feel like is right. But again, that addictive drug kind of clouds uh, our judgment. And um, it takes a while to, to come to the conclusion. But with that being said, as in, an investor overall, number one is I like to get access to things that are, are off market that people don't know exist. My challenge, and this is a huge benefit to working with you, is I don't have the time to vet everything. I mean, I've got a pretty busy schedule. I always believe keep the main thing the main thing, just focus on building your business and so on. And then the investment world ends up being somewhat of a, uh, you know, lately in the last couple of years, it's been something I, I haven't had the time to vet it as much as I would have liked to. So, what was cool when I met you is you had the access to the deals I didn't really see and didn't know existed. And then you already vetted them for me. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to vet them myself, but if we get 10 deals, you vet them and you give me the three best ones, then now my vetting is really uh, going to be a lot easier. And I just need to make sure that you know, what, you, what you vetted, it also is aligned with what my goals are for that you know, portion of money. But that's been a huge advantage for me, Justin, knowing that you were doing a lot of the heavy lifting and the way you view things as a, really an expert uh, is something that I didn't want to be. You know, I, I knew a lot, but I didn't want to be an, become an expert in each one of these sleeves or these types of investments. So. That's been a huge benefit. I appreciate you sharing that. Thanks for the kind words. And you know, it, it's fun, you know, finding these deals that exist that most people don't know about. And then it's fun watching people's reactions when you're like, uh, so we're gonna do this and this. And they're like, what? You can do that? Yeah, we, we can do that. We can actually have cash flow and we can get our principal back really quickly. And we can keep equity in the deal, even though we got our principal back quickly. And people their their minds yeah. are blown. They're like, so wait, you're living off this income. And then you get it back and you invest it into another deal. So you're compounding the same income. You're getting multiple investments on the same money. And then you are, every time you pulled out, you still have equity in that deal. That's magic. You know, why have I never heard of this? And so I, I love watching people's response to that. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the only way to true wealth really in terms of financially is, is with the equity component. So often you, you know, we do things just for the income. And when you realize that there's another game you can play where you can do it for the income and you can add in also equity growth over time, that's the idea. That's what you really want, want to go after and do. And that's why I like it. I mean, most people would take an investment that you'd share and that I'd look at and they'd say the income is all that matters, but it's pairing up the income, but also having long-term you know, an equity play with it, which was really attractive to me. And it's worked out really well. So, and I'll mention, you know, as I'm starting a new venture here in a new company, I think a lot of people as employees... And a lot of people, my younger self, you know, 15 years ago, they didn't really know the power of the equity. And now my next venture is if you ever want true alignment with somebody, um, every, every employee that I, that I have, I'm giving an equity position in my company. Because it's ironic that people say, act like an owner. And then the employee says, but I'm not one. And if you want true alignment, it solves a lot of problems when you say, act like an owner because you are. And that's what I've always believed. It's like, wow, imagine having, giving up a little bit of the value, but it, at the same time, you're trading it for by decreasing the failure rate. You're increasing the odds of success because you've got somebody who is not corporate and just clocking in for the paycheck, but they're clocking in. And as the company builds, they're benefiting long-term. 
So your deals, uh, a little bit of a you know a segue. It's like your deals are you're adding in the equity every chance you can, Justin. And sometimes they don't come with equity, and you're negotiating it in. But as a an investor, or even somebody who's just trying to put themselves ahead, just remember there's two parts to this. And there's the income, and then there's the equity piece. And when in doubt, I like both. You know, if I can, if I can get it. So I love hearing that. And you know, basically, what you're talking about is by strategy stack, right? It's the multiple areas of opportunity to a increase the uh, return on a deal and b decrease the risk on a deal. And I'm just so emphatic about that. And I have a lot of different ways I increase the value through income amplifiers, which we just talked about several of them right now. And you're right. The way to gain wealth is through equity. Most people don't do that. Most people don't realize it. Those that do realize it actually go about it the wrong way. Because if you're just investing for straight equity into a company, generally, the company probably isn't proven or, or you know, isn't... I mean, most companies fail. So it's the majority of people that invest for straight equity they lose their money because that's just the nature of business. Most don't work out and then a small percentage do. So if that's your way of investing, it's actually not a good way. It would actually be smarter to, in my opinion, to invest in a way where you cover all your expenses first, whether that's with no equity, but if you can get equity along the way, get it. And then from there, once you have cash flow, then that cash flow can go into owning equity and different things. So uh, you know, that's just another yep. way to look at it that I think most people have never considered before. So I agree. Yep. And I think it's something to keep, you know, keep an eye on. It's like, it just, the, the income is what sets you free. That covers your, your expenses, you know, as you've described. But if you can pair it in where you get the equity or you can reinvest the income, that's, uh, I mean, it's an incredible place to be. So, yeah. And we've done several deals together like this, which is cool. And I, and, you know, I want to give you props again because you and I were two of the first people to invest in a handful of the deals that are now, you know, kind of commonplace in the investors club and inside the mastermind and, and inside of the private coaching that I do for, you know, really high net worth individuals. And so it's neat seeing the effect that it's had positively on you and the cash flow that you've gained, your ability to smoothly transition, your ability to grow and scale a business and not have to worry if you're making a paycheck today or not. I love seeing that because it's like every time I talk to you, you you know, you're busy with different things, but there's no stress about it, which is great. I mean, that's just so powerful. I love it. My voice is like so raspy. I, I recorded my uh, audiobook for the lifestyle yeah. investor the last four days. So my voice is barely hanging in there. This is day five now of, of uh, a lot of talking. So I apologize for the raspiness. Looking forward to reading the book. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so excited for it to come out really soon, really soon. So I'm curious if there's anything else, any other thoughts you have before we transition. I've got a, a couple of things I want to ask you, but uh, anything else you want to share on investing in general, strategies, philosophies, lifestyle investing, any of the things that we've done together through the mastermind, the investors club, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, well, everybody's in a different position. I think that the uh, mistake a lot of people make is they, as an investor, they limit their options, they limit their their view, you know, and um, I, I don't think, uh, I think the earlier you start investing, the better no matter what, because again, short-term actions impact your long-term future. That's wisdom. Sacrifice today to put yourself in a place later. You know, I uh, had a quote that I put on Facebook like a long time ago, and it said, I'll sacrifice my 20s to be successful in my 30s. 
And what I meant by that, and um, the, the quote that I, that I liked is, I will sacrifice the expense as a 20-year-old. You know, I will sacrifice the extra hour of reading and working. I will do all of this stuff in order to set myself up 10 years from today or 15 years from today. And that's when I was a young kid and I knew I wanted to have a family and I wanted to have these, these wonderful kids and I wanted to have time with my wife. And the whole idea day one was how do I create a high quality of life later? And it takes short term, you know, sacrifices to do it. So that's the first thing. And then just, I guess, investing overall, it's don't limit your options. There's one thing that I've learned. It's like, if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. And don't go in and just kind of like spend 30 minutes and say, here's what I'll do today. Really take the time to invest, create your, the best investment is your own knowledge. Take the time to learn, take the time to read, really vet it out. And it's going to give you a huge advantage over time. Next is uh, don't, don't just you know, seek wisdom from friends and, and so on. But there's a lot of people in the investment world that they think they're an expert you know, and they have no clue what they're doing. There's a lot of like, if you ask about your friend and he's, your friend's bragging about the stock he bought, this is not investment advice. This is his opinion. And I'd be very careful not to, to, you know, to take advice from somebody who's, who's not truly an expert. So try to find the expert. Try to invest with experts. Don't, you know, as you have that thousand foot view and you look down and you've got, you know, maybe a friend who's done well in the stock and then you know, certain stocks and stuff. Just remember, this is just an outlier event. This is just one person who, you know, maybe their gut told them to do something. This is not something that you should follow as, as advice. You need to find an expert, listen to podcasts like today, you know, with you. You need to read books. I used to spend a lot of time in Barnes and Noble back in the day and just read about different things. And all of that knowledge that you gain, as you research the right way to pursue wealth and, and to invest, that'll pay off so well. And it's worth more than a great investment today, in, in my opinion, and because that knowledge will keep you out of trouble, to, to you know, keep you from investing things you shouldn't. It will, at the same time, it'll give you a leg up and help you just to vet things and so on. And you'll see access to deals that you never knew existed. So that's one of the things I'm excited about, you know, obviously your podcast, but the book, going through that and refreshing a lot of what I've learned over the last couple of years. But I would just say that you're not going to get much in terms of results if you're kind of half-assing it. You know, if you're doing it as a side project, you really have to find experts to work with, such as yourself. And you've got to find people to talk with that are professionals, you know, as opposed to just your little inner circle, which is going to really limit you in a lot of ways. So that's, that's probably the advice I would give. Well, those are some unbelievable nuggets, let me tell you. And, and I want to just say, you know, I've been impressed with you and how well studied you are and how aggressively you read and consume information to become better at the things that you value most. And one of those is investing. And you read a lot and you apply a lot of what you learn. I think it's great. And so I also love the fact that when I vet deals, there's a handful of people that I trust to also vet them. And I actually want their opinion. I value their opinion because they look at it a from a similar lens as me, so they can understand how I'm looking at the deal, but B, from a different lens in a way that I may not be looking at it. And you're one of those people, Sean. You know, I, I love sending deals to you because I, I want to know how you're assessing and analyzing that information. So I think it's great. I really value what you bring. That, I'll tell you, that's a great trait. And that's something I saw in you so many times, whether it's business or investing or whatever. People get an idea in their head and they're not willing to change. They're not willing to 
uh, consider alternative views. And I will tell as just business sense overall, you know, whatever you're doing in life, one of the favorite questions I ask myself, I get really stuck on an idea and I'm like very passionate and I'll say, am I thinking about this the right way? Just the question alone makes me become a student and gather feedback. I think so many people, they don't want feedback. They don't want an alternative view. And I've loved that about you, Justin, because I've seen us turn the course, you know, change directions based on feedback and new intel. And I think that as a you know, professional, no matter which way you look at it, like whatever you're pursuing, you've got to be humble enough to say, wait a second, I want to gain as much intel and information as I can. And you can't be afraid to make a change based on that. I think it's foolish to gain new intel and not be willing to pull an audible, you know, and to change. So I love that about you. And honestly, the, the whole group that we've been involved in, I've seen that a lot. And it's not about just gaining feedback. It's gaining it and actually considering it and, and thinking it through and willing, willing and being able to, to make a change based on that. So I love that quality about you, buddy. It's not just the one guy who's this is how it's going to be. It's here are my thoughts and here's what I've come up with. How do you guys feel? And it's been a huge benefit. And, and that's, that's helped me in business overall because I got to be honest with you. Anytime you're making decisions based on your, yourself, you're limiting yourself big time in terms of knowledge and wisdom. And I think that I guess one of my favorite qualities is this new ventures going on is I'm a student and I just honestly don't want to be the expert. I want to surround myself with experts, people who I believe can really help me. And I'm not attached to any of you. It's just really being humble enough to say, what's the right thing to do? What's the right way to think about this? And just always gather and seek wisdom from others. So true. In fact, my 10th commandment is, you know, it's all based on this, right? It's all about education. It's about peer group. It's about who you're surrounding yourself with, including mentors, but also who do you spend the most time with? And then it's about uh, who are you hiring to educate you? And, and so what you're saying is so true. I want smarter people around me than myself. You know, a lot of people like to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be the dumbest person in the room yep. because I want to glean from everyone else. And I want to allow their experience and their expertise to mold and shape mine, especially when a lot of the beliefs and thoughts and things that we consider real or true generally are taken from someone else. We just don't realize it. You know, most people don't sit down and actually formulate their own philosophies on life and philosophies on investing. It's you read this or you hung out with this person. And so whether you know it or not, that you are influenced by their beliefs and by their thoughts. And so I like to double check and say, hey, is that someone else or is that me? And yep. it's like, it's the question you said. So like one of the questions I like to ask is, uh, well, could the opposite be true? And if the opposite's true, what does that look like? And yep. what am I missing, right? Because your brain is like a supercomputer. So whatever you ask it, it's going to figure out. So, you know, instead of asking limiting questions, questions that limit your abilities, like, why can't I figure this out? It's like, ask, ask, well, what else may there be? Or what am I missing right now? Or, you know, what would Warren Buffett see in this deal? And, and I just, I love to, you know, constantly improve and sharpen my sword by spending time with smart people like you and many of our friends, because it's, it's just some of the most fun time that we have. It's just great. And to me, relationships are why we're here on this earth anyway, right? To love people well, to be in good community, to support and develop and, and cultivate just deep rooted, foundationally strong, just one to one type of relationships with people. I agree 100%.
So I'm curious, what are you reading now or what have you recently read that has been inspiring to you or thought provoking to you? This is not just recently. I've been somewhat obsessed with the philosophies and the teachings of Naval Ravikant. This guy has been one of the best investors of all time. But every time he's, you know, as he's grown and he's built himself and his business, he's always kept his eye on the thing that matters most, which is free time, you know, freedom and so on. And there was a, a book recently put out. It's Nabalmanek. That's what it is. It's basically all his teachings compiled into a book. And like, I just keep rereading and rereading. And I'm like, how do I absorb this? So I would say anybody who wants something to really just blow their mind and, and improve their, the way they think on life overall, but how it equates to money, you know, and, and how those things come together. Navalmanek is what it's called. N-A-V-A-L, you know, Almanac. So that's been great. And I know we've talked about him, Justin. I've been fortunate to invest alongside him in some, some deals with you. But um, his philosophies, I can't get enough of it. So I'm reading and listening to podcasts and so on with him. I could not agree more. I, I feel like he is just captivating. And it's not the way he talks. It's not like the, that he has this ability with words. It's his that he has spent time. It's like what we just talked about. He actually spent time figuring out what his philosophies in life are. What does he believe about investing? What does he believe about life? What does he believe about work? What does he believe about family? I mean, he just has these solid, grounded principles around everything because he's given himself the space to think. I mean, that's yep. one of his big things is not being in a world, and I subscribe to this as well. Don't be in a world where you're reacting all the time to everything else. That stimulus is, is creating a reaction, but put yourself in a place where you have time to think proactively for yourself. You turn technology off. You take a chance to just journal and let your mind roam and get clear on what it is that you want out of life and relationships and everything else. I just think his teachings are fantastic. Yeah, if it gives you a, a little bit of a, just insight, I mean, he agreed to have the book written about his teachings if it was free. <laughs> you know, he's like, I want it to be free for all. So like, uh, you know, it was a free download. So I don't know if you can put a link to it or whatever, Justin, but yeah, that's one, that's one that I'm really excited about. And it's, I just keep rereading and rereading and I've learned so much over the years uh, from him and he makes you think, you know, second guess yourself. He makes you second guess yourself and it all falls back to what's the purpose. And that's something that I had to decide. I had to figure out what's my purpose in life and you had to make the decision too. And it's not what everybody else says. It's uh, this is a uh, solo mission right here. Uh, you know, with me, it's like, what do I want out of my life? What do I want us to be as an example for my kids? And how do I want to lead the family? It's like, I've got to come up with that. And some people you're going to have different, a different outcome, but he's challenged a lot of my thinking. And honestly, I don't know that I would have been able to make the change I did had I not been learning from him for, I don't know, probably five years, you know, and it's the tough questions that he poses. It makes me rethink and say, wait a second, is this really the right path for me? You know? Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I just, I love what he stands for. Uh, I think he's a great investor. I love investing alongside him because that is not my area of expertise. What, you know, he specializes in is, you know, startups and tech and his venture capital fund is, you know, he's had more success in, in the VC space than most people, right? Uh, yep. He's hit more home runs and invested in some of the biggest companies because he sees the signs and 
and follows the trends and kind of knows what's going to happen. And so I don't like to invest on my own in the in that space because to me it's a total gamble. You know, but if I invest in what he's investing in, I feel a lot better about it. I feel like there's at least some, you know, I've mitigated some risk. You know, there's still some risk involved. Uh, and the reality is most, you know, I want people to get uh, to understand this. Most of those investments in that space don't work out. You know, when you invest in that space, you're looking for one out of, you know, the, the whole gamut of investments that, that makes it. And, you know, Naval even says, that your best investors in the VC space, you know, they're people that they they get one good one in their career, and then you're considered good, right? Yeah. Not multiple. He's like, if you have multiple, you're kind of like, you know, a unicorn. But most people who invest don't get any, so it's a total waste of money, right? You've invested in all these companies, they never make it, and you're, you know, early stage seed in tech, and and so. You got to be really careful in that space. I like it as a portion of of your portfolio, but not before cash flow is there. And I do like it once cash flow is there for some of the cash flow to be allocated to you know that part of it. Maybe it's you know one to three percent. I was recently talking with someone, uh, a very successful investor, that thinks five percent of your portfolio should be allocated to you know emerging tech, you know, in, in that startup space. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So it's piggybacking off the experts. That's what we're doing here. The startup community, which is really just a high risk deal, uh, to your point, I think it's a 4% success rate. So, like, you're going into an investment with a very, very low odds. But if one of those hits, it's, you know, it creates the portfolio and the, the return for all of them that fail. But it's got to be a small sleeve. I think sometimes as investors, we get really excited about a deal and then it's easy to over allocate. You know, it's putting too much in there. You've got to look at the broad view of your portfolio and making sure like cash flow stuff's all in place so that if this, I, I can afford to take the higher risk deal knowing the portfolio will be fine either way. Be, being very careful, not getting too excited and making sure the investment fits in the right place and you're careful in how that happens. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential issues you can have and, you know, getting excited about, you know, a business and, and just getting too excited. Just always pump the brakes a little bit, proceed with caution. That's what I try to do anyway. I like it. Well, Sean, I have just so thoroughly enjoyed our time here, this conversation, all the value that you have brought to the listeners. I'm curious, where can our listeners find you if they want to uh, reach out and learn more about Sean Sparks online? You can, uh, I mean, obviously, any of the social media, you know, you'll find me. I've got a very uh, in progress. I just, I'm just recreating the image of the new company and so on. So my website, seansparks.com, it's, there's some info there, but it's purposefully not built out. So as we're building this new venture and this new business, I'm in a business where you can't... This is kind of interesting, Justin, but you can't, you can't bring on an assistant, start bringing revenue in and so on, and then hire another assistant. I'm in a business where you have to front load the, the org chart. If you can't support the customer, you have no re- reason or you have no right to ask for any type of business deal. So what I'm doing is I'm really behind the scenes right now, assembling the team, building the model, building the org chart so that when we're ready and we can, you know, we will have a value add for, for the customers that I serve will be set and running. So I'm purposefully not really too visible, but um, you can find my website, seansparks.com, and that's S H A W N. And then, of course, you can find me on social media. That's awesome. Any final words for our audience? Yeah, I'd just say that. Um, I guess if I can sum up the changes that went on in my life, I, I, I was fortunate to um, have dinner with a billionaire about five years ago. 
And he, he said, and this is a guy that's been very successful, and he said, in life, you can't be afraid to make changes. And I took this from him, and I was like always thinking, where will this apply? But it's one of the things I told myself. It's like, you can't be afraid of change because sometimes that's the only way by making a change and changing your environment is the only way you're going to learn. And growth is in my uh, DNA. I've always pursued growth. And honestly, the amount I'm learning today as this new venture, it's more than I've learned in three years in my past life, just because I put my, myself in a different environment and around different people and so on. So I would say overall, I would consider that for your own life is like, how do I get uncomfortable? You know, will that create change? Is it a change that's worthy? And it's not, you don't make change to make a change. You analyze it every which way and identify what's right long term. But when you come with the answer, I think courage is more rare than genius. And that's a quote. And you've got to be able to have the courage and confidence to say, I'm doing this for the right reasons. When it happens, uh, it's amazing. The energy boost, uh, you know, the fulfillment, the joy, uh, that's, what, that's what I'm experiencing now. And I don't know that I could have manufactured that any other way. So that's maybe the final, final words of, uh, of encouragement for your audience. Well, I think that is truly inspiring and such great words. And I just really want to encourage our listeners here, really just take some form of action today towards financial freedom and living the life you truly desire on your terms. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Justin. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who could benefit from this episode, would you share it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all the resources mentioned, visit www.justindonald.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor.